السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحاب أجمعين أما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم لا خير في كثير من نجواهم إلا من أمر بصدقة أو معروف أو إصلاح بين الناس ومن يفعل ذلك بتغاء مرضات الله فسوف نؤتيه أجرا عظيما وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ليس الكذاب الذي يصلح بين الناس فيمني خيرا أو يقول خيرا أو كما قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم My beloved brothers, respected listeners, last week a hadith was quoted, was mentioned when a sahabi radiallahu ta'ala asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a pertinent question regarding how he can attain salvation. And this question he posed it, but every man on the face of this earth, every person can apply it to his own life as well, that what is the way of salvation? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave three prescriptions. One was that control your tongue, the other is that feel comfortable within the confines of your home which means at every chance you get do not rush out a person is protected in his own home and the third was cry over your sins but if you look at this hadith Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam began with advice of control over the tongue that is because the tongue is the root of all vice it comes in a hadith that every morning the rest of the limbs of a person's body beg before the tongue that you remain straight. If you remain straight, we will remain straight. But if you go crooked, we will go crooked as well. If we look at the wars of the world, if we look at fights that take place, physical fights, where countries fight with each other on the verge of nuclear war, what is it? It is based on words. Nowadays, it is based on one or two tweets. One president is tweeting against another president on the verge of war based on just a few words. So this is the harm of the tongue. If a person can control his tongue, he would truly have achieved a lot. It is mentioned as well in a hadith that one word that a person speaks, if it is a good word, he speaks the word, he encourages a person who is sad, he gives a person some consolation, he, he consoles a person after the, lo the loss of someone close to him. Any good word, any encouragement, a good word spoken, this person doesn't even realize. He doesn't even care about it. He doesn't even realize he did something great. But in the hadith it is mentioned, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on account of that one good word elevates this person's status. On the other hand, there is another person who says a word from the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that attracts the anger of Allah. For example, one word, one vulgar word against a person of soft nature or one word of ghibat or whatever it might be something he feels it is very light he said it he forgot about it but it is mentioned in the hadith Yahwa Yahwi biha fi jahannam on account of that one word that he thought was very light but he broke that person's heart he made that person cry he made his wife cry he made his child cry he made his student cry and he wished to oppress that person one word will fling him into the fire of jahannam this is the effect of one word so a person should never ever take the words that he utters lightly rather he should measure he should consider he should think very carefully before he speaks on one occasion aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha just to illustrate the importance of gauging what we say and what we speak and sometimes a few words how it can affect the relationship of a person 
Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha says, and she narrates a mistake that she made, an error of hers. This was Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum. They explained their errors to people, how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam corrected them so that people would not fall into that same mistake thereafter. So she says on one occasion, Safiya radiallahu ta'ala anha, one of, the, one of the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was shorter in stature. So the only, only thing she said is that inna Safiyata imra'atun. These were the words that Safiya is a woman and with her hand she indicated someone of short stature. So three words she used. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam immediately reprimanded her and said that you have spoken such a word that if this word of yours were to be mixed with the oceans of the world, it would, putrefy all the, it would putrefy the waters of the world. The water would begin to rot on account of these few words that were spoken. So as was mentioned previously, if these words that a person speaks, if it, were to, if it has the ability to putrefy the oceans of the world, then what will it do to relationships in our lives? Sometimes a person will sit, families will sit, hours and hours will go, and they are discussing the son-in-law, they are discussing their daughter-in-law, they are discussing their mother-in-law, ribat upon ribat, day after day, week after week, month after month. And then when that family structure begins to crumble, we ask why. It is the effect of this ribat, years and years of ribat. A fight, first fight and physical fights do not happen overnight. It is the result of this ghibat. It is a result of backbiting. Now when this family will side with their son and the other family will side with their daughter, it is a result of continuous backbiting, of continuous ghibat, the effects of the harmful nature of the words we speak. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. So we find that physical harm, a person can be cured from physical harm but the harm that is inflicted by means of the tongue is something that can probably never be cured. A poet mentions very beautifully, he puts it in poetic form, وَقَدْ يُرُجَى لِجُرْحِ السَّيْفِ بُرْءٌ وَلَا بُرْءٌ لِمَا جَرَحَ اللِّسَانُ That the wounds inflicted by a sword, there is hope that it will heal, there is hope that it will, in time it will heal, but there is no hope for those wounds that are inflicted by means of the tongue. That wound that a person suffers in his heart that emotional torment will last with him for his entire life then he mentions that the, the inflict the harm that is inflicted by the teeth which means physical harm it can be cured but there is no harm for the inflictions of the tongue if a person is injured by a sword he will be he will be covered with some patch, he will be bandaged, and in time he will heal. But the harm that is inflicted by the tongue, it will last forever. It will last for eternity. A person will sometimes go to his grave with that pain in his heart. So a person needs to be very careful how he addresses people, especially those who are close to him, his children, his wife, his his subordinates, those working beneath him, be very careful and choose the words we use. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Isra mentions a command directed to the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to insan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and says, وَقُلْ لِعِبَادِي يَقُولُ الَّتِي هِيَ أَحْسَنُ 
Say to my slaves, command them to say that which is best. This word ahsan in Arabic, it is a comparative word. Husn is one word and ahsan means something which is better, which shows that a person was thinking before he thought, I can use this word, but this word is better. Let me use the better word. Let me use the kinder word. Let me use the word which contains more compassion. Let me not hurt this person. But why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala issue this command? The reason thereafter Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna shaytana yanzaghu baynahum. Inna shaytana kana lil insani aduwam mubina. Surely shaytan wishes to sow discord amongst you. He wishes to bring enmity amongst you. So on account of this word that a person utters, shaitan will come and spur him on and he will utter it. Sometimes a person in, in anger, he just got married yesterday. He does not know the mas'ala. Shaitan will come to him, utter the word talaq. He will utter it thrice. He will go to ulama. They will say it is over. So this is the importance of control over the tongue. A person needs to think and measure what he says before uttering it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that shaitan is an open enemy for you. He is a manifest enemy for you. And this is what shaitan actually works for. This is one of his highest goals to how he can drive rifts, how he can separate families, how he can separate husband and wife. It is mentioned in a narration mentioned by Imam Muslim rahimahullah that shaitan Iblis, he has set up his throne. Shaitan also has a throne and he has set up his throne, his arsh on a water. Where it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Some will say the Bermuda Triangle, some will say here, some will say there. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Shaitan has also set up his throne. And on a daily basis, the hadith says that he sends out his armies. And his armies go amongst the creation to cause harm, to cause fitna, to cause mischief. Those who are closest to the devil, those who are closest to shaitan from all his armies, from his soldiers, are those who cause the greatest fitna. Then the hadith says, from amongst these shayateen, who cause the greatest fitna, we can understand, think about the greatest sins, sometimes wars, bloodshed, massacres, alcohol, whatever it might be, zina, adultery, music, disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, think about the greatest sins, one of them comes forward from those who caused this fitna on the earth. And he says, فَعَلْتُ كَذَا وَكَذَا He is telling his leader, the leader of the shayateen, that I managed to do such and such a thing. I managed to cause this person to commit the act of adultery, this person to take alcohol, that person to listen to music, this person to abuse such a person, whatever it might be. So the shaytan, the, the leader of the shayateen addresses this shaytan of his and says, مَا صَنَعْتَ شَيْئًا You did nothing at all. No great achievement. Then another devil from amongst this shayateen comes forward and he says, Ma taraktuhu. Listen to what this shaitan is saying in his achievement and understand the effort behind breaking relationships that the shayateen go through and how they persist and persist to break relationship. He says, the shaitan that is now addressing his leader, Ma taraktuhu. Har hatta farraktu baynahu wa bayna imraatihi. I did not leave this person. I stayed with him. I continued whispering in his heart until a time came that was, I was able to separate between him and his wife. But look at the, look at the response of the shaitan. Look at the response of the leader of the shayateen. He calls this shaitan closer to him that come closer. And then he addresses him that 
that after one shaitan came and said adultery, another one came and said fornication, another one came and said alcohol, another one came and said massacres, another one came and said TV, another one came and said music. He addresses this particular shaitan that was able to separate between husband and wife and he says, Ni'ma anta. You have carried out something excellent. You have carried out a very great deed. Qal al-A'mash, one of the narrators says that after this address of the leader of shayateen to the shaitan, he brings the shaitan closer and he actually hugs the shaitan. He hugs him that you have carried out something very great. You have managed to separate a husband and wife. But why is this such a great feat? Why is it such a great achievement? If we look in our communities, if we look in society at large, when a husband and wife separate, sometimes on account of the lack of maturity from the two sides, families separate. The children cannot even see their father. Children cannot see their mother. Two families become enemies to each other. So on account of separating these two families, on account of sowing discord, shaitan, he embraces this person under him and says, you have carried out a very great deed. So this in actual fact is a devilish act that when a person makes an effort to come between a husband and wife, a person makes an effort to come between a son and a father, a person makes an effort to separate two friends, wherever there is love, the person who is making an effort to come between that love, to break that relationship, this is a devilish act. In a hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, Laysa minna. That person is not from our way. He is not on the way of Islam. He is not on my sunnah. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam describes two people. Who are these two people? Laysa minna man khabbaba imra'atan ala zawjiha. That person who makes an effort to turn the wife against the husband or they make an effort to turn the husband against the wife whispering things that my husband does this for me your husband cannot do it my wife does this for me your wife cannot do it and with the intention of breaking up this couple Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says Laysa minna. this person is not from our way this person is not following the teachings of Islam similarly that person oh, abdan ala sayyidihi, that person who turns the slave against his master and we can apply it across the board the person who turns his son turns a son against a father the person who turn, turns one sibling against the other the person who turns one friend against the other this is a quality of shaitan this is a very evil act and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam has said the person who does this he is not from our way he is not practicing on the teachings of Islam so on one hand this comes this breaking up of relationships a person who makes an effort to bring enmity between two friends, he is not liked in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes displeased with him. And on the other hand, that person who makes an effort to reconcile relationships, he makes an effort to mend relationships, to bring friends together, to bring spouses together, to bring communities together. Wherever it is, a person who is making an effort to bring communities, to bring love, to bring mahabba, to unify the ummah, this person is entitled to very great reward in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In Surah An-Nisa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, لا خير في كثير من نجواهم. There is no goodness in many of their secret discussions, their mashwaras, their consultations. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes an exception. That what mashwara is good, what consultation is good, secret gatherings, or ma'roofin, 
man illa man amara bi sadaqatin aw ma'rufin aw islahin bainan nas except for those people who command sadaqa they command charity they command some goodness aw islahin bainan nas they meet with each other they have secret gatherings they have secret meetings that how can we rectify how can we reconcile between this husband and wife how can we reconcile between this father and son? How can we reconcile between this brother and sister, this sister and brother? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَنْ يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ Whoever carries out this action, seeking thereby the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَسَوْفَ نُؤْتِيهِ أَجْرًا عَظِيمًا very shortly we will give him a very great reward so that person who makes it his mission in life that wherever people are fighting they are disputing i will come into the picture and no i will not fuel that fire i will not make an effort to separate them more but i will make an effort to join them to unite their hearts allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says what is in store for such a person a very great reward in the court of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on one occasion, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he asked Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum that, Ala ukhbirukum, should I not inform you of such an action that is even better than nafal fasting, that is even better than standing up in tahajjud salah, such an action that is better, Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum said, Bala ya Rasulallah, why not? O Rasul of Allah, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam replied, Islahu dhatil bain, to reconcile between people, to bring unity, to make an effort to bring hearts together. This holds more reward in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than tahajjud salah. It holds more reward in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than a whole life of nafal fasting. This is the great reward. Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَفَسَادُ ذَاتِ الْبَيْنِ هِيَ الْحَالِقَةِ And to bring discord amongst people, this is something that shaves. According to another narration, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, it does not shave off hair. Rather, that person who makes an effort to separate husband and wife, separate father and son, separate friends from each other, to sow discord, his actions are shaved off from him. He loses the reward of all good deeds. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding and the ability to practice. One way whereby a person can understand the high virtue of that person who makes an effort to reconcile between people. We know very well in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that lying is something prohibited. To such an extent that in one hadith it is mentioned that it is, it is a quality of a munafiq, a hypocrite. Whenever he speaks, he lies. And in another hadith, when a person speaks a lie, on account of the stench that emanates from his mouth, the angels that are there to protect him, they flee. Such a stench comes out of his mouth that the angels cannot bear it. But when it comes to reconciliation between people, Imam Bukhari rahimahullah makes mention of this narration. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, and this is for us to understand the high caliber of that person who makes it his mission to reconcile between people. لَيْسَ الْكَذَّابِ الَّذِي يُسْلِحُ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ فَيَمْنِي خَيْرًا أَوْ يَقُولُ خَيْرًا That person is not regarded as a liar who conveys some good word or he says some good word. For example, two brothers are fighting. So he will go to one brother and say, you know what, your brother is speaking very highly of you. He is making dua for you. I even saw him in his dua, he was crying for unity amongst the two of you. Then he goes to the other brother, that this brother, I saw him giving charity. And I asked him, what is this charity for? He said, it is on behalf of my brother. So he makes an effort, he goes to and fro, to and fro, to and fro, and he is speaking white lies. Even this lie 
On one hand, if a person lies, he is regarded as a sinner. But if a person speaks that same lie to bring reconciliation between two parties, he gets reward in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the great reward for that person who works for reconciliation. He works to bring reconciliation amongst all parties, especially between husband and wife. This is one aspect that a person makes an effort to reconcile with his family members, with his wife, with his children, with his parents, with his siblings. And another person makes an effort and he steps in, not to fuel the fire, but to bring them closer together. Another form of reconciliation is that a person needs to reconcile between himself and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is mentioned that Ma'aqal bin Ubaidullah al-Jazri rahimahullah, he says that when the ulama of the past, the former ulama, when they used to meet and understand the caliber of the ulama of the past, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that every time after me that will be the best, then it will deteriorate and deteriorate closer towards the day of Qiyamah. So imagine the ulama of before, when they used to meet, they used to give each other advice. And when they were absent from each other, it is mentioned that they used to write this advice to each other. What is the advice? Let us hold on to this advice. They would say, Man aslaha sariratahu, aslaha Allahu ala niyatahu. That person who rectifies his inner self, he rectifies his heart, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala automatically will rectify his physical self. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will rectify his his outer appearance. Sometimes a person will say, when he is advised, that why don't you do this act of deen? Why don't you bring this into your life? The easy response is, but my heart is clean. Automatically, when a person's heart is clean, this will show on his outer appearance. This will show on his physical self. This, this is the first advice. That rectify your inner self, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will rectify your outer appearance. Then the second advice, وَمَنْ أَصْلَحَ مَا بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ اللَّهِ كَفَاهُ اللَّهُ مَا بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ النَّاسِ Whoever rectifies his relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will suffice for him when it comes to his relationship and the people. Sometimes a son, a child, he might anger his father to such an extent, and these cases are before us, that the father will become so frustrated with his son that he will put him out of the house and he will not want him back in the home sometimes an employer will chase his employee away time and time chance and chance again a mother will sometimes chase her child away brothers will forsake each other but what is the way to rectify this relationship a person needs to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rectify his relationship with Allah make tawbah repent Turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As a result of this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will soften the heart of that father. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will soften the heart of that employer. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will soften the heart of those siblings for each other. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with the ability to practice and to become such people who reconcile between husband and wife. To become such people who reconcile between friends. To become such people who do not wish to see enmity, hatred in society. Unfortunately, there are people like that. That when there is something taking place, they know a husband and wife is fighting within themselves, they feel happy. No, this should cause a person sadness and it should drive him. It should drive him to reconcile between parties. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with understanding and the ability to practice. Amen.